Hello and welcome to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I'm Vince Dragone and I have with me, as usual, Father Andy Boyd and Jesse Spanigle. How's this it going? Wrong. This no, is wrong. He shouldn't be over there. What's going on? You know, he puts the two fat guys on this side of the table so he can be behind his monitor over there. He looks so professional and techy. Oh yes, professional. Maybe we gotta start this over. Let's <clears throat> sorry, we I made that very unprofessional. We should start over. Welcome back to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I was gonna say maybe we should uh, get some radio voices. Oh you know, yeah. We don't have a good radio voice. No. We need to have that. Welcome to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. That really like traditional, like uh like Brother really, Barnabas has a good Yeah, and Barnabas does have a good Brother Barnabas has a very good yeah, voice. He would do, he father. would do a good job. So, well, you know, there's that website, not sponsored, uh, Fiverr, that we could pay to get someone to do our voiceovers. Ooh, that's fun. You've got to plug yourself back in. All right, so, like, we're figuring it out. So, like, people understand that this is, yeah, like, like live with it, too. I think it's fun to make fun of ourselves, too. So, you know, all that technology stuff. Well, speaking of Vince, also, if you zoom in on your face here, Vince, you're missing something. I don't know what you're talking about. You're like... Samson, you have no beard. Ah, <laughs> uh, Delilah took away all his power. All his strength is gone. So, what happened? I don't know. So, I, I told you guys a year ago, I'm going to grow a beard for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not going to shave, yeah. not going to trim. Nice. And, uh, and I made it a year. And then what happened was I was sitting in my living room and it was driving me insane. And so, I just said to my wife, hey, I'm going to go upstairs and trim it off. And she gave me a big smile and said, okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I can hear her saying it. Well, I can hear her saying it. She was grateful that thing was gone. It was starting to look like a bird was living did, out of it. Did you uh, use, like, the beard balm and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, I had all the, the fancy stuff. Did you see the one? What's the Catholic one that smells like? The chrism one? The chrism, yeah. Oh, uh, I have that. Do you? I do. You like it? Oh, I love it. But I love everything smelling like chrism. You know, I take the old um, chrism oil every year, and other, if I don't burn it with the uh, first fire at the Easter Vigil, because it's really good, you get the cotton ball soaking in it, and then it really creates a nice fire, um, especially if you don't have a big bonfire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that. I'll usually take it and put it on cotton balls and stick it in my car, mm. and then it creates like a car. Now, uh, don't tell too many people that. Like, we yeah. probably shouldn't be asking your priest for the extra chrism oil, but... Yeah, you, you know. just said it to the whole world. So. That's all right. There's not too many people listening. It'd be hilarious if Pope Francis writes, you bad priest. <laughs> That'd be nice. Anyhow, so today, segment, we're talking about fasting. Fasting. Our favorite topic. Oh, you can see how much I love it. <laughs> well, I think, honestly, we, we don't talk about this topic. Like, we talk about prayer. And yeah. We talk about giving to the poor. But from a Catholic perspective, we don't talk about fasting i mean this is the precept of the church yeah. that we need to um so like why do we do it yeah i mean that's i mean honestly like that's i get that question from youth all the time um i think it's something that we need to kind of talk about and bring back a little bit the importance of it the importance of being vulnerable and dying to yourself and really being empty so that you can fill yourself up with christ i mean all these reasons why are important but why is it that we don't talk about it? Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, because throughout all of our history of the church, fasting has been important. You know, if we go back far enough and we look at, um, for instance, like the uh, Desert Fathers, mm-hmm. right? Early church, uh, we're talking, what, the 200, 300 ADs. We're talking about these men that went out to, and it wasn't just men, too. I mean, there were women out there, too, the Desert Mothers. But mostly these priests or these men that went out into the desert and lived lives of hermits, 
right? And so they fasted from food. They just kind of simply had to. There wasn't as much food for them. And on top of fasting for food, they would fast from water and from people as well. It was really living that ascetical life, right? There mm -hmm. was that minimalistic life um, kind of allows you to really enter deeper into your prayer mm -hmm. when you don't have to worry about all of those things. Absolutely, you got to worry about food. And if you have a family, like Vince, I don't expect you to go out into the desert and leave your kids and wife to fend for themselves. That I don't think that's going to work over so well. Well, yeah, <clears throat> not for me. My wife wants to get out of the house and do that. So I can see that. Yeah, but yeah, I got to I got to be around. Yeah, you you got to be around. <laughs> um, you know, so that's not. And you made a commitment, right? You made that vow to live with your wife for life and to take care of your children, to create a household. Same thing with you, Jesse. You have that vow to be committed to your wife, to care for your children, to provide for them. So it's not like you can just get up and leave from it. But that doesn't mean that we ignore fasting. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we ignore these um, important aspects of our faith because um, even though I fail at it regularly, uh, you know, it's an important practice that denying ourselves something good, right? Mm -hmm. Like I always say to people, especially when it comes to chocolate, Oh, I could eat chocolate all the time. I love chocolate. Who doesn't love chocolate? Actually, I do know some people who don't like chocolate, and they're just heathens. Um, I'm going to use heathens. Father Larry might use pagans. I'm going to use heathens. I like that better. Okay? Anyway, uh, so, um, you know, chocolate. I could eat it all day, every day. Well, is there anything wrong with chocolate? No. no. You know, there's nothing inherently wrong or bad about chocolate. But is it really something that I need to be consuming all the time? Is it something that I need to be taking in all the time? Depriving myself of something good, a good, can bring about another good, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, well, with me and sugar, uh, I mean, it just makes me a little bit bloated, you know. <laughs> On top of that, though, a good that might come forth from it is, mm, you know, a disconnect from the sugary things that, that give you that quick burst energy and then you feel like trash later, mm -hmm. now, that's a good. Losing weight, that's a good. But the question is, why are we doing it, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, there's all these fad diets. We could all go on a diet. But the key is, what's the purpose of fasting? Mm -hmm. Is it to lose weight? That might be an outcome of it, but we would pray and hope that it would be a spiritual benefit. Right. Well, that shouldn't be the main reason. We then oftentimes I think that's what we do. We're like, oh, it's Lent, so I'm going to go, I have to fast, so I'm going to go on this diet, and it's going to benefit me. Well, we've taken the focus off Christ. And I think for us, you know, especially during Lent, uh, fasting is really about focusing in on Christ. Um, you know, it, it's hard. I mean, I remember one year I tried fasting from condiments. I was like, I'm a slave to, like, ketchup and honey mustard and barbecue yeah. sauces and these, these, these things and I'm like, I depend on them for happiness. And that's not good. That's yeah. not a good mentality. Um, so like, I was like, I'm really going to try it. But it's, it's, it's tough. Um, and I think that's why fasting is important because it gives us this level of discipline. Um, if we're going to become a disciple, we need discipline. And so we can't become slave to these things. So I, I think you mentioned that like, it's a good, these are good things. These are not bad things, chocolate, all this stuff. And um, but it's getting in the way of the great. Yeah. So sometimes the enemy of the great is too many good things. And so how do we focus in on Christ if these things are pulling us away? And it's like Jesus. Jesus people, 
but they weren't focused necessarily on like the fish that they were eating. I mean, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's more important like they were with each other. Yes. Um, and so I think that kind of mentality is, is good for fasting. I just, what, where's like, uh, so like, what's the official teaching like fasting? When are we supposed to do it? Um, what's it look like? Because I think there's a lot of people who have um, no idea. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, I just need to stop eating. Yeah. So in the church, we ask during Lent specifically, we can talk about other times of the year in a minute, but specifically in Lent, because that's where we are right now. Um, when it comes to fasting, the church really only asks you to fast twice during okay. the entire season of Lent. Um, and that would be on Ash Wednesday mm -hmm. and on Good Friday. And what that what the church asks of us for those two specific days is that we eat three meals, two of which are small meals, more of like eating two light lunches, very light lunches, mm -hmm. and one larger meal, one meal of normal size. Um, but the church doesn't just ask us to do that, and that's it. She also asks us to give up meat on those days, as well as all Fridays of Lent. Now, not all Fridays are fasting days, but they are days of abstinence from meat. Okay. So. I mean, so like, no meat. Yeah. I mean, meat, because it's a luxury. Sure. Um, is, is I, I read one time that the, the reason we're allowed to have fish, of course, fish was like the poor man's food. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also is because like fish has, fish have clear blood. So they couldn't, they, you couldn't see the blood. Sure. Is that, have you heard that before? I have heard that. Okay. Um, I mean, whether or not uh, there's all these different wives tales to yeah. it, but you know, that, that's not a bad point. Yeah. So, well, I just want to chime in real quick. No, and I raised my hand because yes. you think that we had audio yes. issues because we did last time. This is not the second time we're recording this. <laughs> uh, but one thing that, um, Catholic Answers mentioned before was because someone asked, okay, well, I heard that the only reason you can have fish is because it was going to benefit the fish industry yeah, and the, the Pope mom. lobbying. Okay, yeah, no, uh, that wasn't the case. But no. one thing to keep in mind is the word meat in, uh, I don't know if it was Aramaic or Greek or whatever it is, applied to just about everything. So yeah. like vegetables were, were a type of meat. It was yeah. a different type of meat. Fish was a different type of meat than your like your land animals type of meat. And so the um, the translation of that and the meaning of that, it wasn't that's why fish is considered it's it's technically a meat in today's like on right. you know, the food pyramid that was sold to us as a lie as kids growing up. But um, but at the time like everything was meat. And so fasting right. was was a little bit different in a way. Well, and, and in fact, um, you know, we are of the Western church. Mm -hmm. We specifically, the three of us are in the Roman church. And so our fasting and absence is a lot different from our brothers and sisters in the Eastern mm -hmm. church. In the Eastern church, they give up dairy. They give up um, a lot more things than we have to give up. And so uh, their experience of Lent is, is much, much stronger and intense than ours. Why? Because, you know, like, I know a lot of our brothers and sisters in the Eastern Church, they don't eat meat on any Friday. Correct. So why have we kind of given up on this? I mean, I, I don't hate to say it. I know there's some Roman Catholics who Absolutely. still don't. Um, but why have we kind of given up on that? Well, during Vatican II, one of the, one of the things that the fathers of Vatican II said was um, that we didn't have to completely give up uh, meat on every Friday throughout the year. We still have to during Lent, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean we don't have some sort of responsibility for some sort of 
penance or fasting or abstinence. Okay. And so the church asks us to do some other, if you're not going to give up meat on Fridays, then you should do some sort of other um, act of uh, spiritual devotion or something that is going to call your mind back to the fact that it's Friday, right? Mm -hmm. Friday is the day that we claim that Christ died upon the cross. We still call it Good Friday. Uh, and there's good reasons for that, you know, throughout the history mm -hmm. of the church. So yes, we don't have the uh, requirement of the church saying no meat on any Friday, um, but it's still there. Mm -hmm. It's still there. It's just a requirement to do it other ways. So can I go to Red Lobster and have Lobster Fest? Sure. Well, I, and that's the thing. Like, you could. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> but there's no, you can because here's the thing. The church is only asking you to fast on two days. Right. They're asking you to abstain from meat. And even if you don't um, abstain from meat throughout the year or you abstain from meat every Friday, mm -hmm. it's an abstention. It doesn't ask you to fast. Are you telling me I can, I can pig out? One meal. Uh, you know, one meal. I can, I can pig out all I Not want. Not pig out. <laughs> So that that's kind of well. What he says, but, going to lobster. What else are you going to do then? You're, you're going to pick out. There's only one reason to go to well, Red Lobster. To but do you're that. conflating two things. Okay. All right. Because see, that's the problem. And you're absolutely right. I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad that we're talking about this because it is. We we as Catholics take say abstention from meat and fasting are the same thing. But I'm going to go back to what I said originally. Was the Church only asks us to fast twice? Fast, not abstain. Mm -hmm. Fast. So abstaining is not eating meat. Fasting is eating two smaller meals and one normal-sized meal. Normal-sized meal. That is a confusion because people say that abstaining from meat and fasting are the same thing, and it's not. It's two completely separate things. Now, we are specifically talking about fasting, but abstain, abstention comes into it because of the fact of people misunderstanding it. Well, Jesus puts such emphasis on He's like, some demons can only be cast out with prayer and fasting yeah i mean how important it is for jesus to mention that so i think you know looking back when i was a kid we used to do these like 24-hour fasts like we would pray together as a group of guys i had some very dear friends that come we do a bonfire we would um you know pray have you know we'd mess around do guy things and blow up things with firecrackers but <laughs> there was an element out of there of uh, we didn't eat. We, we, we sacrificed. And then at the end of the night, we'd uh, go around and ask each other, what do you need prayers for? And I, I look back at that, those times of, yeah, we were empty with food, but really we were united with yeah. each other. There was a deepness there. I, I think there's something that's, we, we've robbed this generation of the beauty of fasting. Like what it really means to deny yourself, to really, you know, I think back to those moments, like I felt much closer when I did that fast, um, when I sacrificed, when I was like, okay, I'm gonna really focus in. This is tough. This is a very, yeah. it's a very tough thing to ask for people to fast. But when Jesus says you need to fast and pray to remove these, you need this. I think those words carry weight. Yes. Um, I don't know thoughts yeah. on that. Well, you know, go ahead, Jess, uh, Jesse Vince. I'm looking over here. You were you gonna say something? Okay. Well, because I want to <laughs> jump right into this scripture passage. All right. All right, because I think that it kind of gives light to everything that we're experiencing and talking about. We hear in the first uh, book of Peter, his first letter, uh, in chapter 4, um, Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. For whoever suffers in the flesh has broken with sin, so as not to spend what remains of one's life in the flesh, 
on human desires, but on the will of God. So looking at that just a little bit at a time, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same attitude. We're going to suffer, right? Uh, abstaining from meat can be a suffering. Fasting can definitely be a suffering. Like we said, you know, I can abstain uh, from chocolate, but fasting to the point where I'm eating such a small meal, that is, that can be difficult. It can hurt, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you go to bed hungry and that, that, that's not fun. That, that kind of hurts, but we're going to suffer, but do it with the same attitude as Christ did with love, right? Mm -hmm. For whoever suffers in the flesh has broken with sin. They have cut themselves off from sin. When we suffer, we can disconnect ourselves from sin and remove ourselves from sin. And, and there is a true connection, especially with fasting, right? It, it takes a part of our human body, you know? We, it's so easy to, especially in our country, in our world and where we live, it's so easy. I can go out to McDonald's right now if I wanted to and get as many Big Macs as I could afford yeah. and eat. And, and take care of that hunger. <clears throat> but separating myself from that and going through that pain, you know, it can help me to disconnect myself from that sin. So as not to spend what remains of one's life in the flesh on human desires, mm -hmm. which I think we all do. We spend a lot of our focus on, you know, first thing in the morning, if I don't get my cup of coffee, I have a horrible headache and I'm miserable, right? That's a human desire. That's a human desire. Is it necessary? Sure, in my life right now it is. But is that something that I really should be focusing on? Probably not, right? Yeah. Um, but rather, focus on the will of God. Mm -hmm. So our desire should be on the will of God, you know. And abstaining ourselves and fasting from those things of the world can really help our prayer life and our spiritual life. And so when we talk about prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, mm -hmm. There's a reason why this is sandwiched between the other two because this is going to give life to the other two as well. Mm -hmm. If we abstain, if we fast, it's going to give life to the other experiences. I think, you know, I, in my research, I did a little research with Catholic Link. They said fasting was the restriction of consumption. Yes. And I think oftentimes we only think of that in the food. Maybe we can look at fasting maybe from even from things too. So like I was thinking like, okay, so maybe you struggle um, with the convenience of food. Right. Um, so you during Lent you could not go to any fast food. And like all your meals are prepared, there's sacrifice involved. I mean, how strong, I mean, so many of us depend on that, like you said, that Whopper or whatever it is, instant gratification. Maybe we, maybe that's our fast. Maybe that's a way we look at things. I, I was thinking about, for me personally, like I, there are certain foods that I just love. Yeah. So, and I have them in my pantry. So maybe during Lent, I not only just deprive myself of some of those things, but maybe I even take those foods and I give them away. Like, cause it's easy. Like I, I'll have kids, I'll be like, Hey, bring some food in for the food pantry, and everybody brings like the canned beets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no, that nobody the thing, wants. The thing nobody. But like, how powerful would that be if I brought those things that I love, my favorite things, and gave those to the poor? Yeah. I think that'd be a much richer fast uh, for the person. I don't know, you guys. Oh, I totally agree. Um, one thing that that like that I do is when we when we eat dinner at home. We usually have all the food laid out on the table, mm. and then we just serve from there. Oh, it's a horrible story. idea because I'm not a big snacker throughout the day, yeah. but I will take seconds or thirds. Yeah. And so what I found what works for us is, hey, let's stop doing that. 
keep it on the stove, get up, serve, and then you're less likely to get up and, and get seconds. And that, that works in our house, at least for me anyway. Cause and that's very smart. So that's like, a very smart way I to do it. I won't snack between meals, not much anyway, but I will gorge myself at the dinner table. Right. Hmm. That's, that's a very interesting perspective. I, that, that's a really good way to look at things because even how we serve it, how you how you give it is is, is a, a form of fasting for you because it's easy. Like I said, we've conditioned ourselves the convenience of yeah. especially food. And, oh, and yeah. in America here, we're so fortunate. Like and and for you, and that's what's you know bad. But the, the, all the bad food so cheap. But like that concept. I mean, I think there's ways we can find new unique ways to really fast. But we have to reflect and say, what are my struggles? What are my um, things that I have made convenient in my life so I can die to myself a little bit and focus on Christ. Yeah, and when I had, when I had my Lyme disease and I was, seeing, I was seeing this doctor in Pittsburgh who's a specialist in this, and she was all, she's real, extremely smart woman, and she specialized in all sorts of things. But one of the other things that she did was in nutrition and health uh-huh. and that kind of thing. And one thing she said that I, I probably never forget is, it's okay to be hungry. Yeah. Like, in the United States, it's kind of, you know, it, you know, we all have access to food whenever we want for the most part. And it's easy to not, you, you start to feel hunger and it's like, oh, I got to eat. Yeah. No, you, you don't, you don't have to. And, uh, and that, that was kind of like, had a, like this light bulb moment in my brain. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, no, you're right. You know, I don't, I don't have to, uh, I could be hungry. It's okay. I'll, I'll live for another meal. It's going to be all right. And so that, that also helped too. It's just, just the thought of like, we're just very fortunate here. And that's, that is a form of fasting is, hey, starve yourself for, you know, one for your health and not starve yourself, but, you know, yeah. feel that hunger, that pain, yeah. offer it up to God as a, as a sacrifice. And that's one thing that, like, that helps me is because it's like, well, if it's just for my health, I don't, I don't care. Like, I'll do yeah. a couple extra push-ups or whatever. But, like, if I'm offering that up as, um, this, is, this is my sacrifice, it's not much, but it's something. All right. So, Father Andy, as we kind of wrap things up here, what do you, if you get someone out there is like, okay, I struggle with fasting, it's, it's a reality, um, what, would, what advice would you give them? How, what are good ways to start, you know, be, you know baby steps? I mean, re- realistically, if I don't, you know, if I don't run, I'm not going to get up tomorrow and run a marathon. So, yes, what yeah. are some ways we can start jogging and get there, especially as, you know, we're in Lent, maybe, maybe we, we, messed up already maybe i i screwed up i had a meatball sub for on friday and i i struggled what what advice would you give to somebody well i think the key you hit the nail on the head is that if you're going to run you first have to be able to crawl to walk and then finally get up and run um you know so i think the first thing is recognizing that if you've never done it before you're not going to be able to do a a, you know a seven day water fast Mm -hmm. right away and so you need to take it slow and you need to be smart with it and talk with someone about it, right? Mm-hmm. Be smart with that, you know. Any addiction, because we can look at a lot of things as addiction. The best way that we can accomplish or tackle an addiction is by being um, responsible to someone else. And so number one, I would say, don't go it alone. Get someone else to go with you. There's that, um, a lot of guys right now are participating in Exodus 90. Mm-hmm. You know, they've gone, been going through that for a few few weeks now um but they don't do it alone right they go together on it so that would be my first recommendation is find someone that you can do it with and be responsible with 
because I think that's when you're going to first you know, be able to take it on is being responsible to someone else. I like that accountability. Not, don't publish it on Facebook. No, no. <laughs> I have one person. I think that, I think that's key. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's a great thing to do. If you have a normal spiritual director, that's, that's actually a really good person to be accountable with. Yeah. Um, maybe you're not gonna be able to see them every day or text them every day. Uh, so that's why you get another person. Yeah. But you know, well, being accountable first off to your spiritual director is key because mm -hmm. they're going to be able to help guide you and say, yeah, no, I don't think this spiritual fasting is a good thing for you for whatever reason it might be. I would say that the second thing is after being accountable to someone is you just got to try it, mm -hmm. right? You just got to try it. You can't prepare for every little thing and you can't beat yourself up when you fall. Yeah. And if you do fall, pick yourself back up. Right, pick yourself back up and keep moving. Um, it, you know, uh, it takes 21 days to make a habit, mm. so you have a chance to pick yourself back up and for three more weeks make uh, make a better habit of it. But it means that once you fall, your counter starts over at zero, yeah. and you have to start again. And when you fall, recognize it as a fall, but don't beat yourself up over it. Don't allow yourself to fall into a state of depression or sadness because, oh, I messed up. Yeah, you did. Oh, well, get up and keep moving. You know, my mother, I can hear her now. If, any, if we were ever sick, uh, she always say, oh, just take some Tylenol and keep going, right? Mm -hmm. Just get up and keep moving. You can't fall down dead. You have to get up and keep going. I think for, you know, a good image is the cross. Jesus fell three times and he got back up and he had help. That's right. And so that's a good image for fasting um, as we kind of end here. That our prayers are with you. I know it's tough. Um, it's something that we all struggle with um, because we are so blessed. And I think being aware of those blessings and, you know, how can I take this and be disciplined in my life, um, have some guidance, have some to walk with you through this, especially if you're doing it for the first time. Um, that is, those are all, and, and the purpose is why. Why are we fasting? Um, don't make it about ourselves. Make it focused on God. I think that's the key. Any wise words, Vince? Did we hit all the... Oh, great producer. <laughs> no, I think you guys did a good job. Pay well no done. attention well to done. the man behind the curtain. <laughs> no, the, you hit on like, the major points. Uh, like one, like fasting is always hard for me. Uh, mainly because I don't eat seafood of any kind. Sure. Um, so abstinence, fasting, abstinence, fasting. Correct. There is a difference, right? So I don't know. Fridays are tough for me, mm -hmm. and it's easier for me to try to fast on yeah. a day like that. Uh, now I still don't eat meat, but like it's if I'm not going to go home and have a big bowl of mac and cheese, right? No, so absolutely. I just I'll have three very small meals or two very small meals mm -hmm. or. Uh, um, and usually try to devote that to, um, a, like, I guess, asceticism. Or, well, and the other thing, too, as we kind of, it, it's not that you have to only fast twice and then gorge every other night. You can fast as long as you want, right? Yeah. And it's a practice that is, is worthwhile and noble to take on. So if you're finding that you want to fast more, go for it. Yeah. Know, try it. Don't, don't uh, hesitate. The church only requires us to fast on two specific days, which I don't know about you guys. I know you, Vince, you have difficulties with the fish and everything, but I always find the Good Friday fast beneficial, but difficult. Mm -hmm. You plan to fast, and that's the day your stomach's like, 
feed me. I need more food. <laughs> Meat. You know, eat. But there's certain days I can wake up and go do that intermittent fasting where mm. 16 hours I'm not eating. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. I can do this. No problem. But then that one day, that one day you plan it. Mm. that's yeah that's just like we uh that, that, that goes for any plans at least nothing ever works if you plan it at least in my mind that's what happens in my life i don't yeah. plan anything and then things go fine but like i said you really hit everything and the biggest thing is like if you mess up it, it's okay it's yeah. okay right you're not going to go to hell if you mess up right no. so um we we do this to help um you know build our own spiritual lives too it helps us bring bring us closer to christ um, and that's at the end of the day, it's without trying, you know, without the whole, uh, you know, felt banners and all that stuff, feel good stuff. But like, it's, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're trying to do God's will. We're trying to please God. And this helps us get us closer to God. And, uh, and he knows we're going to mess up, right? People have messed up for thousands of years and he's allowed us to continue messing up and he loves us anyway. His mercy is greater. Yeah. So I guess with that said, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. So thank you, everybody, for tuning into the podcast. And if you have yet to see us on YouTube, um, make sure you check us out, Encounter Mercy, look us up. Uh, you can watch this. Or if you want, just want to listen like you've been listening for the last couple of years, feel free to do that. But either way, we would like you to uh, subscribe if you haven't already subscribed and leave us a rating of some kind in a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Um, and head over to our website, EncounterMercy.com. Fill out the contact us form if there's anything that you would like us to talk about on air. Um, and, yeah, that's it. You guys got anything else? No. All right. Okay. Well, bless you. until next time, everybody, God bless. God bless you.